0: Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing... The Outlaw of Josie Wales, directed by Clint Eastwood, Airplane by Jim Abrahams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker, newly released Spiderhead by Joseph Kaczynski, Hustle by Jeremiah Zagger, and Minions, The Rise of Group, directed by Kyle Balda, Brad Abelson, and Jonathan Deval. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Sir Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Thomas Recker, how's it going? Uh, it's going well for me. Uh, how about your week? How was your week of movies? I like oh, that it's a little all over the place. Uh, yeah,
1: week was definitely all over the place. Uh, wasn't too happy with the the Netflix releases of it. It felt very Netflix fodder this week. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, but for the most part, uh, it was a decent week of watching movies. Uh, I'm excited to, uh, to talk about some of these, for sure.
0: Yeah, I like the idea we have. I mean, we have a Western on here, we have a comedy on here, which is a little bit more rare for us, but we kind of want to dip our toes in more and more, as we talked about before. Yeah, And we've got another kid's movie, Yeah, because last week's kid movie was uh, a bit of a bust. (laughs) It it wasn't making the cut. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's start there right away. We're taking it back to 1976, The Outlaw of Josie Wales. This is directed by Clint Eastwood, starring Clint Eastwood, and quite a classic. A lot of people mm. might know the name, and, I, and I'm sure a lot of people maybe ha- really haven't seen it, but know sure, sure. no, no, it's a classic in the Western genre. So yeah. what do we have here? Uh,
1: absolutely. So so on the podcast, I think we're going to be starting what I believe will be the Western month uh, in, in July, much right. like we did uh, for Fred Astaire February. Uh, and I wanted to get a head start on this because, uh, as you and I discussed, Tom, uh, it's kind of like... Whew, so many directions to go in, you know, there's just With so... With Westerns. Yeah, 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 it's just too, you know, almost I, too much. <laughs> well, I could, yeah, I could make a
0: very large chart, you know, yeah. you make it as confusing as possible. <laughs> and because we were talking about it, and it was like, okay, well, we have the quintessential Westerns that we know, Some, something maybe like this, but something like... Um,
1: John Wayne, or... Well, no,
0: it's about the the classic films of, of Shane, mm, or we have mm. uh, Magnificent Seven, yep. ones that are just like, you know, people have heard, for sure. and then, or do you take it, the Clint ones, do you mm-hmm. do you separate John Wayne with everything? Mm. So it is tough, it's like, yeah. how do you parcel it out? So I like the idea, is whatever you're feeling in the week, or yeah. is on your list, and everything like I kinda that. I kind of have so,
1: a hit list, some mixes stuff, uh, you know... We plan
0: on doing this for a while, so ideally... <laughs> We're going to hit all the Westerns. (laughs) Um, I love it, though.
1: Yeah. Uh, and This movie is one of the many Western Clint Eastwood directs and also stars in. Uh, I think probably most famous of that is Unforgiven, but, I mean, you see as early as 1976, I mean— I don't think he's too far off of the spaghetti westerns that got his his career started. Was <laughs> this his
0: first one that he was directing? Um,
1: I think there's one other. I think Hang 'em High is technically okay, gotcha. before this, but all very early. And uh, and just yeah, the mm-hmm. aspect of directing and starring in, I mean is is, you know, hats off to Clint. I think I think it's, oh, a, uh, it's yeah, an absolutely. interesting thing. When it comes to this uh, I you know, Clint's performance here, I think it's very by the books. He's very much, you know, cool guy under 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 pressure. Uh, I think my praise for this film on, on an acting level, we get a surprising emotion, amount of emotion off the back from him. Uh, okay. he's, he's, uh, Josie Wales is, is a simple man. He runs. Uh, he has a family. He has a farm. When he actually crosses paths with a radical union group, actually, uh, which I'll get into a little bit of the interesting uh, coloring you- this film has. Of the usual bad guys are usually Confederate. You know, it's. I think it's interesting that the union side has some has some bad guys here. Okay. Uh, they they murder and ransack uh, his farm, his family. And that sends him on a very straightforward vendetta to get revenged. Um, it's not that he's showing emotion throughout the film too much, but right in the very beginning I was, I was surprised to see because I feel like back then there was so much of a... Not a stigma, but uh, you don't want to see your Western star cry, you know what I mean? It's almost like an unspoken rule, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, Especially
1: for maybe 70s audiences, you know, they're not there to see that emotional depth, you know, they just want to see him be cool with a revolver.
0: Yeah, or the honorable, respectable, courageous man figure, basically. Mm -hmm. That's what, what, yeah, especially back then, that's just what you know Westerns to be. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, This uh, radical group of Union soldiers are called the Red Legs. Uh, (laughs) Cool name kind of a dumb implementation they just wear red boots uh, and it looks a little bit silly you know because <laughs> like it's this splash of color in like a sea of brown right, and right. gray and whatnot uh, or, or even blue with 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 their with their jackets though uh, honestly I think this movie was a solid way to start and kick things off for for our western month because it really rides the line of historical context and a fictional story uh, you know Josie Wales is a real life legend uh, as many legends of. The West are. Mm-hmm. It has a, a big tie to the Civil War because uh, this story is, uh, you know, around uh, Union and Confederate in conflict, uh, the aftermath of that. Uh, a lot of uh, different allies of Jolie Z. Wales are misfits. Uh, that, of course, goes into Native Americans and, and different tribes. Sure. And I think one of the more interesting parts of this film is that. You know, Josie is born in a self-described age of blood and bullets, you know. And I think this film does show... You know, it's not the most amount of mo- emotional depth. It mm-hmm. definitely is just you know, uh, you know, by the books western. Yeah. Uh, but it does a good job at showing different sides. You know, we see there being a difference between Comanche Native Americans versus Navajo versus oh. you know, I mean, they're, they're the, he interacts it's a little with bit
0: more depth different. there. Yeah, it's a little bit more depth there. Yeah, uh, and or at uh, least shining a light on the differences. Exactly. If not so generic, I guess. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You know, uh, even to the point that he, you know, Josie is is constantly gaining these misfits. Uh, throughout the journey some of those being Native Americans and even among their own kind or their own people, yeah. different tribes are no-go. Oh. Like, we don't interact with those because they're going to kill us. And that's you know? <laughs> exactly
0: how, well, yeah. Yeah. Different tribes are very different. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, I, I just really liked the, this is a very much a fich- fictional story, but I just like the nods to the very real-life uh, legends yeah. and the real-life uh, stakes that come with, you know, these, these parties. I think, uh, you know, The, like I said, the usual bad guys in this type of scenario, or at least maybe in what I've seen, is that, you know, it's going to paint the Confederacy as a little bit more of a rabble rouser, a little bit more of. Uh, you know, disorganize. Uh, they they're maybe you know trying to achieve their own th- uh, achieve their own you know goals as right, far as like right. a gang within uh, within the brigade or within the army. Uh, very much so. That is used and kind of flipped unusually on the Union side with these with the uh, with the red legs. Uh, I think it's cool because it shows uh, there is. There's a different, there's a a different spin here. It's not that it's saying union good, uh, confederacy bad, or vice versa. It's mm-hmm. really not concerned with that. If anything, again, it's the follow through is that there are kind of victims and villains on all sides. Yeah, of the Yeah, it's
0: commentary on on the individual, really, and yeah. how all individuals, no matter what where they come from, good mm-hmm. or bad, basically. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think a lot of this is background. Unfortunately, I wish if mm. anything it picked one of these and really drilled into it, but maybe uh, okay. that comes with. You know, more of a focus of a modern film. You know, uh, this film very much felt like the lack of focus that you and I, of course, talked about many a times with mm-hmm. *Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*. That it's like we're we're jumping around too much. It's kind of hurting the pacing of
0: it. For sure, uh, yeah. And- if it was more concentrated. Yeah. it could be more focused,
1: and, and and if anything has a stronger script, because it would have this poignancy of, yes. of one thing to dig into, yeah. where
0: it's touching on a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. and maybe that's a uh, you know maybe that's something to give credit to uh, because it is just it's not putting it in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's there if you want it. It's not preachy, certainly, right, right, in any sort of way. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's where a, a little bit of my disconnect comes with into play. It's a, it's a very straightforward story, uh, with a simple vengeance plot. I think what hurts this film is pacing, plain and simple. Uh, we lose time with our antagonist to make room for Josie going around and kind of meeting the local flavor, getting uh, his own little gang of misfits together. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly that's key to showing these different walks of life and this different perspectives, but we just, In the process, we lose our main thread. Uh, And, you know, it's a little bit hard because for... Nearly all of the film, I'm wondering, well, what happened to him caring about the people that killed his okay. family? You know? <laughs> uh, it's, it meanders, yeah, it yeah. meanders, and it's two
0: hours and fifteen, which is oh, long. Yeah. That's a decent, that's a decent length, especially for 70s western. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it could definitely, uh, maybe, be a little bit more, a little bit more focused. It sounds yeah. like, yeah, it,
1: it was, it would be like if because I mean, it, this, uh, this uh, atrocities towards his family are, are, are right in. I mean, it's the opening scenes, you mm-hmm. know, before even title crawl. Um. So when it comes to this, uh, I was just scratching my head. It's it was it would be like if Leo suddenly did some side quests in the middle of the Revenant. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> if he just suddenly stopped caring about right, you know right, what was right. done to him and his family. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, sure, but <laughs> it's 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 a it's a little bit a little bit disorganized for that reason. But good and bad is what I'm illustrating yeah. because clearly. The the multiple directions it goes in mm-hmm. is key to us sampling all these different flavors and different perspectives of the West. You know, yeah, I, I think otherwise a very solid Western to start us off uh, with good action uh, and good action by '70s standards as well. Um, this was uh, some really good shootouts, an interesting shot. Uh, I can't say if this holds up too much among. Eastwood's other westerns that he directs but maybe that's something we can tune into with the cinematography and how a western gunfight is actually shot. What can what what actually contributes to a a good gunfight or a good western action scene? I think that's that's kind of the goal and of the it, next.
0: I love, really. Okay, so that's maybe what you're going to focus on.
1: I think so. Um cuz it, it's something that I look at and I say I don't know if I can really call heads or tails on that just yet. So, I'm hoping to kind of build oh, that like momentum. That. It'll know? be
0: interesting just because I mean I would say maybe you were dragged into a kicking and screaming by potentially me (laughs) as far as your foray into Westerns Um, and just getting your feet wet. I'll be interested to see as we watch for this month in the future, your overall, what you're coming away with them from. Maybe like you're starting with this, just like, oh, I'm really interested in in checking out the action. Well, I'm interested to see how that evolves. Exactly. Or what you end up turning out, or what you end up also looking at yeah and things yeah. like that. Absolutely. But, if
1: I like the heroics of it or, or something like that. Or
0: basic character building and what mm-hmm. makes a strong character or not or what makes one base you know, that kind of stuff. but Absolutely.
1: But other than that, I don't really have too much more to say. We are going to go ahead and give The Outlaw, Josie Wales, a 64.
0: Oh, 64. Okay.
1: Solid movie. yeah I don't
0: that, think... Uh, I think like that right there, 64 is just... It, very plainly, that's a good movie.
1: Uh, yeah. Ba- good baseline as well to yeah. start the month off. So I think, yeah, I think that's yeah. a good, yeah,
0: I think it's a good movie to start on. Mm-hmm. Cool. 64 for that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Because if you go 10% above that, at 74, 75. Mm-hmm. I think right there is when you're in a very good movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: that's where you're reaching, you know, honestly, a lot of the spaghetti western work of Clint Eastwood earlier on. So uh, I think, I, oh my
0: gosh, all I want, you know. When we were early on with doing this and doing the John Wayne move, all I wanted to see was the upper seventies. And yeah. it is a tough, <laughs> tough thing to get. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's a tough goal with Westerns, I'll and, tell you.
1: And folks, this is where the meme uh, within our own yeah. friendship lives because it's it really is I this is where there's I, I prefer sci-fi's and there's a there's a little bit of a bias spin there and Tom's Westerns. It's it's Buddy and wuzz.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I will say, as far as the confines of the daily ratings, you, you keep it in check. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know what the deal is, yeah. enough. Uh, okay, awesome. So that's 64 for the first Western I just here in this summer. You said Buddy and Woods. <laughs> no, you did not. Did I you?
1: think I said Buddy. Buzz and Woody. Uh, that
0: was a <laughs> <laughs> flip around. No, Buzzy and Woods. I, wait, no, wait, no, you, what did you wo- say? I
1: said, I don't know. Whatever you said, Buzz is what we and keep Woody. It?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I like it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> Was and booty. Was and booty. Was and booty. I like that. (laughs) Booty. Booty. Yeah. All right, we're moving on here to 1980. This is, a, this is a classic comedy now. And again, we're trying to dip our toes a little bit more in this, get them on the ratings. Oh, and, man. And uh, this is, I mean, quite the classic. Yes. It's 1980. This is Airplane! Uh, exclamation point. And, and what do we get? What You know, how, how did you enjoy this? I was, when was the last time you watched this? And So I've never seen this. What, really? Yep, this is brand new. <laughs> okay. This
1: and folks, what, Tom me? has been in my ear. No. Do comedies,
0: do comedies. Oh, yes, yes, that has been me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and...
1: I think my my hesitation with it is I think it, it it challenges my goal in rating to have it kind of be timeless you know I want it to be something that you watch in the modern day and, and that it's it's the, the the rating is is true blue all the way until you know a 100 years later hopefully Right, you know right. <laughs> and the daily rating and I'm on my deathbed right. rating five movies a week <laughs> The retirement home, Uh, but uh, but I wanted to start what I love to do, and that is a new film study, and I think this is a great starting point here uh, with these three directors: classic
0: comedies or Uh, study these three directors specifically: uh, David
1: Zucker, Jerry Zucker, Jim Abrams, uh, or Abraham. Is it Abrams or Abraham?
0: I think you'd go either way with it. Oh, okay. I think in the opening, is it Abraham's? But yeah, I, I yeah. think it might be Abrams.
1: Okay. Uh, but they all write and direct this here. And this is really their first film period. Uh, then they go on in a few movies to go and do the Naked Gun uh, movies. Oh, uh we're going to touch on the Naked Gun yeah, films? Yeah. So we well, just maybe the first I say go for one. comedies.
0: You think, I'd, you know, go for good comedies. You know, the Naked Gun films? <laughs> Oh, you, you got I mean, we're, we're never is. gonna do. I know what you're doing. We're uh, never gonna do comedies again. We're gonna do. You're gonna, <laughs> gonna hate it so much to be like, shit. "Do you remember what happened? Tom, we did comedies last time. Yeah. We did Naked Gun."
1: <laughs> okay, but I
0: like it. I like that. I yeah, like it.
1: but I, I think it's. Um, you know, I haven't seen any of these films. There are two other films uh, in between as well that I, I saw and I was like, "Oh, well, I don't really know anything about this." But I thought this was a good, a good run because. I mean, these three guys are directing, are writing... And as far as airplane goes, I mean, I would say pretty, pretty legendary of a yeah. film. You oh, know, what big I mean, time. even to your reaction, you've never seen it. You know what I mean? That that was that yeah, was genuine, for sure. you know. I think when it comes to this, I don't know if we will go past that first naked gun. I think the goal is maybe just, you know, kind of the four film stretch to yeah. that, but we'll see where it goes. The comedy of Airplane, uh, I wouldn't say is low brow, but it definitely goes to make every single joke possible again. Yeah. Uh, it really is a shotgun blast of jokes. You <laughs> yes, know, they they do not hold back, and I will probably say it multiple times, but. It feels like three dudes wrote this, and nothing was on the cut chopping room floor. Like they said yes to every joke.
0: It is it is so jam packed. Well, what do we just? What do we just have a nun slapper as well? Like, what do we have? Let's, <laughs> sure, why not? We'll I, put I, it no, in.
1: Magazine jokes. Yeah. There's there's you know. It, it is it is so nonstop. It is a barrage of jokes, and I you know against all odds, I had a really good time with this movie. Yeah. I, I thought it was it was I I could not. It, it broke through my cold, cynical layer,
0: and and it. it you probably sat there with the brow, like with <laughs> the firm brow, and just being like, "Oh my god." this... Uh, here well, at gonna...
1: first, it was it was trying to shovel like a little bit of this like romance plot and whatnot, and then it just it after just a while. Ridiculous. You were just bombarded with jokes <laughs> that it goes from a smile to you actually gut laughing right. at, at all of this. <laughs> it won you, you know? over. It
0: really did. It with really a, did. It won, with a, a pry bar. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> the jaws of life, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it, it, it's probably – it's. It's biggest strength that the it just there's 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 no breaks, you know. It is it is foot down, every joke that they can tell is being told, yeah. you know, whether that's visual, whether that's physical, whether that's verbal, you know. Uh it's 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 really nonstop. And I think it, it, it's really the best quality. Uh, visual jokes—they go from magazine covers to signs. Uh, I mean, every inch of the screen for this film is real estate for joke. Almost very reminiscent of Brazil, like we covered before. I mean, it doesn't have like a you know something that's aimed at. It's right, just... right. It's the
0: follow through. <laughs> <Yeah, Complete>, it's <laughs> it's complete follow through. It's a
1: complete follow through <laughs> of it.
0: Uh,
1: I would say the other half of the jokes, besides visual, are just these puns and running gags. Um, I would say again. Initially a lot of these jokes may not be super funny but like the first time around you hear them but by the time they're reiterated and uh, just over and over again you're just beat over the head with how many of these things are yeah. still going on you're you're <laughs> laughing a lot because they get funnier and funnier yeah. they they use that as a basis to 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 build on it and I'll go into kind of some of my favorite favorite gags in this film because I'm sure this has been a film that folks at home you either have have seen this, love this. You know, I feel like the airplane, especially this yeah. first one, is yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. that Hall of Fame of seventies comedies, like a Caddyshack, like a, I don't know. Actually, come to <laughs> think of it, it, I don't know how <laughs> many Saddles are seventies. I think, sure, yeah. And it's, this is eighty technically, Olympics. but yeah. Oh, you're right. It's eighty yeah, on it's the 80 dot. Eighty on the dot. Yep.
0: Um, but I would say classic comedy in those decades. Yeah, there's not yeah. many that I would say. You know, this would be like top ten classic comedies. I would exactly. Say. Yeah. Um. And I mean, how great is? It's an hour and twenty eight. Like a breezy, just <laughs> bombardment. Is
1: very breezy. Yeah. I, I pacing's an interesting quality to it because it's like you're just you're at the point that jokes are are beaten over your head so often that they really do become hysterical by the right. end. <laughs> how great is that
0: that you're not getting more annoyed you're getting more enjoyment out of it which is rare absolutely it's rare Uh,
1: especially because there were some jokes the first time around I was like uh, my note was initially oh that doesn't work Right. Uh, but by the end (laughs) I I loved it like it was (laughs) it was amazing you know if anything they understand that uh, some of it doesn't work and then that becomes the joke itself right uh, right you know actually that's a perfect example I mean I think some running jokes maybe go just a, a tiny Bit too long, mm-hmm. uh, but once again, I mean, uh, you know, with our main character, uh, he he has this segment where he keeps on telling backstory of, uh, his own backstory in exposition to characters, and it's definitely like the most boring part of the film, even with the jokes within it. Yeah, and then we flash back, and like people are killing themselves because it's so boring. You know, <laughs> he's killing it too. So, they, if anything, there's like a self awareness they recognize that it's the weakest part of the film, but they make a joke out of it, so it's it works. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) It, It really works. I would say uh, standout performances here. Leslie Nielsen as the doctor in this. Man, he is so funny. That's <laughs> yeah. why we're te- checking out. At least Naked Gun 1 we're checking out. Okay, just right. for Leslie Nielsen, okay. I think. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, Lloyd Bridges uh, yes. in the uh, air traffic control. I, I've never seen... He was so good in this. So People funny. talk
0: about this performance. And he was kind... I don't know. People recognize him as a big actor, and yet I don't really know. I'm like, I, I don't know what he's in, but yeah he's an old school actor yeah Je- jeff bridges the dad by the way for anybody oh, who doesn't know are you serious oh you didn't know that oh
1: my god oh, yeah. i totally didn't pick that yeah, up
0: yeah lloyd bridges is jeff, of course jeff, yeah jeff bridges is dad
1: wow <laughs> wow that makes a lot more sense now yeah i was looking through his filmography it's like t- it's like 200 plus credits i think it was old school actor yeah yeah one of those where you like you know, probably signed with like Paramount or something like that, and you just could acted be. in multiple roles. It could like be. you were just a you know part of the studio. And sometimes I mean?
0: those older films, especially those like not big uh, picture ones, were like they're quick, they're in mm-hmm. and out. They're very reminiscent of like today. Mm-hmm. How you know Nick Cage will do four or five in a year because he right, can. Right. Because the shooting is so short. You know, Absolutely. sometimes that's just how it was back then. Yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, but really, those those are the two standouts. They were so good. Uh, I mean, some of my favorite running jokes here are there's there's an inflatable autopilot which is just I mean it, it's fantastic the look of this inflatable <laughs> this inflatable balloon is just so funny like they, <laughs> they subtly change the like the eyes just ever so slightly to, <laughs> to, for the scene uh, it, again simple things like a woman putting on makeup during turbulence you know it goes from her right, smearing right, the lipstick right. to by the end she looks like a clown you know it's so good uh, I, for uh, Jeff Bridges dads uh, uh, you know yeah. I picked the wrong week to quit smoking then goes and and improvises more and more. tastes <laughs> like pick the wrong week to quit booze. Like quit the quit the wrong week to quit it and fend me. It's like <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, and uh I <laughs> I I think my my what, what got me especially around I didn't think it was as funny as first, but like as an example of mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, how it builds, is our main character. He says, "Oh, I have a drinking plot problem." I'm like, <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to be like some, you know, bullshit. You really, like you an didn't alcohol. know, you <laughs> didn't know the joke. <laughs> no. I love that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then throughout the entire film, every time he drinks, he's just splashing <laughs> the water on his face, and uh, I mean, it just wore me down. Like, it was so funny. Like I love the-
0: that you saw this for the first time. I mean, these are like <laughs> classic scenes. I know. And yeah. here we have our, our film critic on this <laughs> time. Like, This is what he did. First time around. Oh, what a great. joy. What, it, it really I'm, was. I'm watching this after we're done recording, I think. <laughs>
1: it was so good. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Uh, <laughs> a
0: drinking problem. That's right. <laughs> and he just literally can't drink. Like, such I love it. it's, it's such a good is. bit. It's such a good bit.
1: It really is top notch. And, uh, I mean, the comedy here, I think, is it's... I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't think it's definitely not highbrow. It's 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 no. it's probably as lowbrow as you can go. But it's it's just so nonstop. Yeah. Like I I, I, I full really, commitment. Yeah. Like oh, or again, I was just thinking like. Man, these, this was written by three guys, and it truly feels like it was written by three guys. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. They, they walked in a room, and nothing was was would out, <laughs> you know? Uh, it was, it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> something else. Something else. But that's why I, I, I really do think it's great. I think this barrage uh, of jokes, certainly some, old, some jokes are not going to land with everyone. Certainly some jokes go on a little bit too long, but there's just a sheer amount of them. There's just like a... You know, it's it's casting a wide net, yeah. you know what I mean? It really is maybe... I mean, there is quality there, but it's definitely a quantity over quality because at some point, there is going to be a joke among the 30 in 10 minutes <laughs> that, right, that are right. either visual or, or physical or anything yeah. that is going to land with someone. And I think it's it really is... You will start cracking a smile, and the next thing you know, <laughs> you're laughing at every single joke. <laughs> right. uh, it, it really great. We're going to go ahead and give Airplane... And eighty two. Oh my god! well deserved. Are you serious? I'm serious. It was
0: fantastic. This is this is great. Uh, yeah. Oh I, my god! What a great first comedy it did on. Really.
1: I, I'll be honest. At that when I, when I saw it, I was I was bouncing. I was like I was feeling maybe maybe seventy seven. I was feeling maybe you know. Right, high seventies. Uh, yeah, high seventies. Yeah. I think again why, where I sat on it, it was like. This film, yeah, again, it may not land for everyone, but there's just such an abundance uh, that it's gonna land for everyone eventually. Eventually, if they yeah. give it the time, it will. It will make you smile, will make you
0: laugh. Eighty two is such a good score, and yeah. as as you know, people who listen to this know, eighty two was good. <laughs> yeah, you know, we do yeah. not give these no out less like for candy, a comedy, right? Which is it just says so much. So yeah. why, I couldn't be any happier with that.
1: I think the legendary status of it was was well was deserved. Spot on
0: well, I deserved. love when we find that.
1: I do too. Isn't yeah. that nice? Yeah. yeah. Not a, not a K-mutiny
0: situation. Yes, not know? the mutiny effect, yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Airplane at an 82%. You yeah. know, we have not been in the 80s too much uh, yeah. lately. We yeah. just have not been. Absolutely. Awesome. 82 for that. Okay, so we're going to jump ahead to our first—no, okay, we have only new releases coming up. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, so we'll stop and just you know, give a shout-out. Well, we have no shout-out to give, no producers this week. However, just we'll remind people, we're entirely producer-supported. It's a value-of-a-value value model. Are you getting value from the podcast, from the website? If you could, you go to the com and go to the donations tab um, at the top right on mobile. It's there on the homepage, and— um, and through value of monetary donations from you to us, that's what keeps this show going. It's an actual real-life producer credit to you. You are now a producer of The Daily Ratings. So again, it's at dailyratings.com, and you go to the donations tab, and it's whatever you want, whether it's a subscription plan, whether it's a one-time, and it's whatever number that means meaningful to you. If you can, um, it means every little bit means something to us. You can write in a note, and we'll read it on air as well. And this is the time that we take here to, to give a shout-out to you all. So again, and if you don't want to... If it's not worth your value and monetary yet, you know we're not there. You don't, you're not quite there, but you do kind of enjoy it. Tell someone, sure. You know, write into us. You know, yeah. We, uh, we're, we're get we're getting our getting our feet wet here, mm-hmm. and, and we're getting out there a little bit more and more. And if you can, just 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 propagate the show a little bit. Yeah. So, if, and you more know,
1: than happy, happy to uh, more than anything, happy to engage with all. Yeah. You oh, for it, you for know? sure.
0: And that's the thing. I mean, how many times do people come up and you know, Rotten Tomatoes comes up with normal. Mm-hmm. And it's in our life a lot <laughs> just right, with right. doing this but yeah, yeah. you know that kind of stuff with Rotten Tomatoes we talk talking about movie scores or was this good was it bad oh he's got five stars on the paper mm-hmm. you know New York Times gave it this one. <laughs> you know movie scores do show and be like hey you know give the, you should give these guys uh, give these guys a listen sure. or, or check yeah. out this site and everything like that you know that too is producing mm-hmm. uh, for us and, and we, we appreciate it. so again so anyone who will be a producer we thank you so much at ratings.com and go to the donations tab alright with that we're going to keep it going to the now we have three newly released uh, we'll start with the two that. We're kind of June releases because they're both Netflix. Both
1: were Netflix, yeah. Yeah. And a little bit late to the punch with these. Yeah,
0: that's fine. I don't think it was a big deal. We're going to start with Spiderhead. Um, This is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, the same guy who did Top Gun. Uh, Miles Teller is in this. And what what is Spiderhead about, even?
1: So yeah, uh, like you said, uh, director of Top Gun Maverick. Um, this probably was in the production of the Hang Time of when Maverick was on ice. Oh, uh, definitely, you know, yeah. For for COVID, two full years of this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A- and Miles Teller as well. Which uh, believe me, I'm ruined for him. Uh, ever since Ever since Whiplash, pretty much. Uh, Spiderhead mm-hmm. is is a sci-fi premise. Very much uh, Black Mirror-esque. I'll probably say that a few more times in this just to, just to drive it home how much it, it feels a little bit derivative of that, especially on Netflix's own platform. Okay. Uh, but uh, Spider-Head is about a... Experimental prison that has a kind of a radical new future drugs that can manipulate feelings on command basically uh, anger, love uh, ecstasy you know what i mean there, there, there's you know it's they're developing on these prisoners the facility. Also has a very odd feel to it. It's very open. It's very free for these convicted killers. So part of the intrigue is figuring out what's the deal with the whole situation, uh, and 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 how is this allowed, and 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 what is the you know what is the mystery behind these future drugs? I gotta say right off the back, really annoyed with the soundtrack on this one. I would oh, say really? a almost a near perfect example of Suicide Squad effect. Uh, that it's a
0: explain go into that a bit. Uh,
1: just. Just that every waking moment of this film, especially the opening, is just jam-packed with songs that play for no amount of substantial time, and more specifically to my criticism, have no um, substance to the plot or themes. They don't don't make
0: sense. Exactly. Now, were they new songs? Like this was straight marketing, or? where is it just all over uh, it, the, like it was well, just all over the it, place
1: if anything it's themed by by like an 80s kind of Hall of notes yacht rock kind of feel oh, to okay, it okay right, right. Um, but not like
0: like there was stuff in the um uh, Suicide Squad? Yeah, there was stuff in Suicide Squad that was like debuting songs and stuff like that. No, you know what no. I mean? It wasn't quite that. Luckily,
1: they're not trying to sell, you know, it's not like a record it, label type of right. push. It's, for it. It. it's
0: more so just all over the place and yeah. laziness, like yeah. m- meaning nothing.
1: Meaning nothing, Um, I mean, maybe adds to some of the feel, but if anything, that, once again, and I, I don't want to say it too much, but it really feels derivative of Black Mirror. You know what I mean? And especially with how it's stretched out. I mean, this could have been, you know, fat could have definitely been tricky. Like it could have been an episode of Black Mirror. Oh. Oh, yeah, and just a simple hour. So episode. easy, so easy. Okay, yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth here uh, plays a very cartoonish genius bad guy. Uh, his role is very comedic here, and and most of all, I think it really falls flat for that comedy. Um, the The emphasis on him being jokey and almost like a He's, he's he's almost like a nightmare boss, in a way, to these prisoners. Because okay. he works with them in almost a kind of an open-door policy, if you will, in a prison. That's that's kind of the pitch of this, the feel or the setting. I think most of all, this jokiness, it takes away from Menace as him being the villain here and very clear-cut the villain. And I would say that is the key of what really shoots this whole movie in the foot. It's that, is this, that right? this tone is—I want it to be more menacing. I want it to be— more twisted, more messed up. Uh, but Hemsworth is just playing this like wants to be your friend boss, and maybe there's some, you know, there's some commentary over there. That's the real evil, you know? <laughs> but, right? Right. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's not
0: it's not good. So is uh, it is it is it murky or bl- trying to blur lines? Like it's blurred lines of you almost would have rather commit mid either way. We either I, have like a psychopath want, boss yeah. or we have like just good guy doing. Because he's not it, what he's doing is not good, right, right? Right, and that's
1: and that's sold definitely from the plot and the the maliciousness of how these drugs are being tested on the prisoners right. and whatnot. I, I think my problem with it is that it just takes away from what makes an engaging villain, which is menace, which yeah. is which is true fear, lacking. you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Miles Teller uh, plays our kind of lead criminal with a conscious. Uh, we experience these futuristic drugs through his eyes, and for what's worth he does a passable job uh, I'm still waiting for him to reach that performance like Whiplash though I think Whiplash is still the bar uh, with Teller
0: and uh I'm- he's very good at acting like a normal person yeah. he acts very, oh for sure you know, like Whiplash is a good performance but a very yeah. normal person uh, right right
1: uh, and uh you know, like I said, I'm I'm rooting for him. I like him as an actor. Apparently I like him too. he's pretty good in I believe it's called the Score, which is like the TV show about the oh, Godfather that's right. The making production.
0: right the making of the, right. of the Godfather. Yeah. Right.
1: I'm just realizing how stereotypical it is, uh, me being Italian. You know, right. that, you know?
0: <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, we love Miles tell Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also so, local to us kind of. Oh he's a yeah. Philly boys so from right. down. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: But uh I I again I'm I'm saying this is passable if anything fitting to that point that it's just he's kind of like an average dude yeah but it's not anything stellar as
0: well so yeah that makes sense um
1: i I feel uh really this whole film is just trying to be like a discount ex machina like i said uh, already uh black mirror episode um it is a confined facility uh an eccentric ruler that loves 80s music uh the future tech is the hook you know all of that you know, again, it even, hell, even in the new Twilight Zone, you know, this could have easily been a premise, and we see this in just the incredible amount of fat that can be trimmed on here. There's plenty of mystery... But the pacing of this film is just so off. Um, Mm. It's perfectly shown in flashbacks of our prisoners. We'll get multiple flashbacks, especially around Miles, of of what landed him in prison and whatnot. But we won't see the full picture, and new information will be revealed again and again, going back to the same flashback. Listen, I'm not a screenwriter, folks, but... I'm telling you, there would be more impact if we just got the full information the first time. Right. And guess what? Now right. you have real estate to deal with the the here and now. Yeah. You know, we get it out of the way if you're going to do this kind of you know, flashback. Thing. Yeah, definitely. So... And, and, and it's, just, it's just so much worse for how, you know, it, it does not have that, uh, that condensed nature. Uh, I, I think it really would be better condensed. And it's got no punch. This, yeah. this
0: is like last week with, um, what, what do we do? With um, Watcher. Mm, no, yes. not Watcher. What was the one?
1: Uh, Watcher definitely didn't have a lot of punch.
0: The one with the paranoid woman? Yes, that can, yes, that's watch. That's watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you were like, easily could have been an hour. Oh, and yeah. And it would have punched more. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, and I, I think unfortunately that is um, uh, illustrative of a lot of Netflix fodder that comes out. You know what I mean? Sure. They, they have something on the writer's room table. They're looking at this and they say, all right, TV show or movie? And what can we grow it to? You mm. know what I mean? Mm, yeah, it could be, um, definitely. So, and I believe this was originally a book as well. Uh, or, or some okay. sort of sci-fi short story or something like that, so... Listen, uh, like I said with Mavericks Review, I'm rooting for this director. I think this director does some cool stuff, and I think this director has a good eye for the future. Uh, mm-hmm. When when moving in technology and stories around technology, I like that kind of stuff. You know, that's why I like science fiction. But yeah, I just just this was this was very much discount bin for for. for I for think the that's film. a good
0: way to look. Yeah, that's a good way to categorize yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I would just say as well, most of all, the prisoner elements in this are very weak. We don't have a lot of state like you would think just the premise of an open-door prison with convicted killers would have Uh, Mm. certainly adds to the weirdness and the intrigue of of this of this setting Um, but I was never or I should say the film never really brought it home to the fact that wow you know there is something incredible about this facility being run, open door policy, and murderers everywhere. Right. So I I really thought that was a serious drop ball to it. Not a terrible watch overall, but certainly falls into the Netflix bulk category, and I would say definitely south of What's Worth Your Time. We're going to go ahead and give Spiderhead a 46.
0: 46, right there in a... Right there in a little worse than meh. A little yeah. worse than meh.
1: A little, definitely, definitely a little worse than meh. <clears throat> yeah,
0: and a 46 is very representative of that. Okay, mm-hmm. it's pretty much one that you can, you know, you can <laughs> kind of drive by it, folks, don't yeah, so worry yeah. about it.
1: I mean, I think if you really love Hemsworth in his more comedic spin on Thor, uh, if you really love Teller, um, maybe. Maybe. Maybe give
0: it a watch. Yeah. So Okay, very good. So that's 46 for Spiderhead. Uh, We're going to move on to the next Netflix release, and this one definitely had more positive buzz. Oh, yeah. And it was, I think people might be a little excited to hear about this. Uh, This is Hustle. Again, it's Netflix. It's Adam Sandler's kind of serious role, and I think a lot of people had anticipation because of the... Uncut gems. Uncut gems, Mm -hmm. right. But with Hustle, what do we get from Adam Sandler's performance, and what is this story overall about?
1: A show. Uh, Yeah, folks at home, let me tell you... I gotta come clean. I do not like Adam Sandler at all. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I tell people this and they want to bite off my head. Uh, Jack and Jill is one of my most hated films. It is (laughs) Um, But even in dramatic roles, it's like... Yeah, you're not the big... Yeah, I didn't really care for Uncut Gems. You Um, gave Uncut Gems a bad score. That's
0: one of the few that I was just like, oh, I would do that different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, I think... Well, I'm not gonna go too much into that film. uh, But even like a punk Truck Love that we covered uh, on the... You didn't mind him. Yeah. As
0: far as that movie goes, you said he was one of the best parts of that movie.
1: Right. Right. Because you kind of see them with these freak outs and whatnot. Right. But uh, I-, I just can't get behind them. And I just feel like it's, you know, I mean, every now and again, it's like comedy, a comedian acting in a serious role crops up and there's a lot of praise toward uh, the towards it. And I don't know. Adam Sandler is just not one I can get I can root behind. Okay. So, full full bias there. Second bias. This is a sports movie. It's <laughs> oh, <that's true. laughs> it a double whammy. Basketball specifically, folks. I am not you know <laughs> Three-pointer? I don't know. We're up for battle. In this... So
0: true. This movie was shot from the get-go with you. Yeah, it's tough out of the gate.
1: In this, Sandler is a washed-up NBA talent scout uh, and... Who kind of has all but given up on his dreams of actually coaching a real team? This kind of puts him on a search. He finds a secret, well, not a secret, but a street ball player uh, that is one of a kind, uh, both by physical but also talent as well. And it really just puts the two of them on the path to fame. Uh, the relationship between the two of them makes this movie much more feel good than i thought and and for a good thing uh, i think this okay. movie is probably getting a lot of good press uh and was also you know passable for me because it's really inoffensive um it's rated r uh which i think is an interesting spin to this feel good uh, feel good story and i'll get into that a little bit with sandler's performance mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them kind of just lift each other up. They're both chasing dreams. Um, We spotlight a lot of screen time with just the two of them where Sandler dominates in the performance, but it is all very feel-good. reminded me of... You know the films we would get more so in the early two thousands. Uh, not necessarily a hitch because it's not sports oriented, but is similar kind of vibe that it's you're here to have a good time and the film's going to give it to you. Okay. You know? This coach player dynamic reminds me a lot of a lot of sports films. Just just you pick it uh, as far as uh, different sports films that it's just, you know the coach is trying to break through to the player and they're both kind of chasing their dreams and then guess what it's a you know ribbon on top. By right, right. 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 Uh, I I think what a little bit of what this does to distinguish itself is the rated R rating. Uh, This is very kind of generic chasing the dream, determination tone, but then that's offset by Sandler cursing and and other NBA stars that are in cameos kind of talking slick and talking
0: shop, you know, almost water cooler talk, if you will. Is it a little bit more believable, more real that way, like more...
1: Yeah, I think there is Realistic. some realism. It reminded me a little bit of Grand Torino that I think a lot of the dialogue mm-hmm. is there just to kind of shock, and 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 in that it's successful that it's it's it does shock you because again the tone is just so feel good here. Okay, uh, or chasing that dream, you know, uh, when it comes to it. I, I think that's where this film kinda of carves out its own spot among the many, many sports stories around a coach player dynamic. Right. Uh and chasing the dream and yada yada, like I've been saying, that this is where it kind of gets its own identity. And I think uh, whether I like him or not, Sandler is key to that because this this Spanish uh streetball player, you know, the actual uh the act the actor yeah. is a is a not an NBA star, but a He's in the sport. Player. He's yes. in the sport, yeah. A uh, professional basketball player. You know, he's not exactly an actor. Uh, so Sandler gets a lot of spotlight here, and that's filled with just kind of sailor mouth, antics, talk in shop, water cooler talk, locker room talk, and, and it does work because How's I think his, it's realistic. How, what's
0: Sandler's persona on this one? I mean, his, his characters are very, like... You know, you know, Stanley. I was not, I'm not going to do impression. I'm not <laughs> going to do impression. <laughs> I, was I, I'm, I almost did. But you know, you get comedy Sandler, Sandler, and then you get weird hidden gem Sandler. Oh, right. And right. then you see him in actual interviews, and like he is somewhat a socially weird guy sometimes yeah, the way he talks. Yeah. So, what kind of Sandler do we get as far as like how is he speaking almost?
1: If anything, to, I uh, I don't think it was worth a huge amount of praise personally, but if anything, maybe to to show what others may be talking about with, yeah. the, with the praise for for this film Sandler really just feels like the real person here
0: um, it's, it's almost that, yeah. you, was it refreshing um, like I'm not watching a huge character here I'm actually just watching a guy being a guy a little bit yeah even uh, the head and gems he was a character oh
1: yeah oh very very yeah. much so very much so and even like a puncher club that, I think that's mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. camp of weird uh, where this is just kind of in the middle it's not comedic it's just kind of him doing his thing okay so, he's a dad he's late in his career he's late in life so again, playing into this feel good element, he's, he's you know he's getting a second lease on life sure, because yeah. of this relationship with this player, and very similarly, the player is getting shot at his dreams. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, uh, again, this was an uphill battle, but this was uh, for for my enjoyment personally of Adam Sandler. But this movie is so you know. Overtly unoffensive in what it's trying to achieve, yeah. I, I I wasn't necessarily hating it either. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not a bad thing. Uh yeah. Um I think again a lot of the praise is that, you know, every now and again we get this, you know comedic actor acting in serious role type of hype around a film Mm -hmm. uh that always crops up every now and again with sandler specifically and on top of that as well there are a lot of cameos of nba stars uh, commentators uh you know industry professionals yeah um because sandler is a industry professional being a talent scout so he has business relationships and that's where a lot i would say of the Water cooler talk enjoyment comes from because you get to see these, these, you know, these stars talk in the same way and have kind of banter back and forth. And I think that that works pretty well. I bet it. Yeah. That that, that sounds good. Um, And
0: again, it, it almost adds to the realism based to it yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: I would say uh, let me let me get some negatives out of the way because again and this film is largely very unoffensive it's yeah. not trying to be controversial in any sort of way uh, a huge amount of fast food advertisement in this uh, I would say it's very on par for how Happy Madison produces a film mm, yeah.
0: Sandler is a Sandler does oh, I mean. yeah for real um, what are some big ones was Pepsi or Coke oh, usually oh, in it oh it was it was almost and...
1: every fast food brand Pizza Hut McDonald's okay. Burger King Wendy's our Irby's you know yeah. the whole Irby's Herbies so I can't speak today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so very Sandler esque. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I would say the the soundtrack uh, was was just very generic. I mean, it's just it's just kind of like I don't know. I mean, I guess in some ways the soundtrack has to be what the message of the film is, but it, it just felt overly about grind set, uh, you know, uh, Philly pride, keep your head down type of stuff, right. and. I don't know. I just it just felt so cookie cutter. But again, in that I I, I track back that criticism. It, that's more so me not enjoying flavor. It is not necessarily equating to a bad film. And if anything, makes it plays sense, into yeah. this is trying to be you know as main not mainstream but this try to be as unoffensive as possible yeah. so um, the max amount of people can enjoy it so. and how
0: Philly did it feel was it shot in Philly a lot like did it yeah. look like you were in the city or yeah
1: there was there was a lot of sh- uh, he's obviously I did not actually say it he's a talent scout for Sixers, uh, the right? 76ers yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely so uh, there is a, a lot of on site shots and and stuff like that and again I, I put that in the same camp of the enjoy uh, the enjoyment of seeing uh, an NBA commentator, you know, being in a scene right, or something right. like that. So uh,
0: and now I have a question like some of the supporting. Like we have Queen Latifah, uh, Ben Foster's in it. Robert Duvall, isn't it correct? Uh very briefly. Very okay. briefly. <laughs> he's ninety one. I mean, I was just surprised yeah, to yeah. see it, honestly. Yeah. I but, was worried too
1: uh, <laughs> Bobby needs to put it down
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but how is our supporting
1: uh, decent uh, okay. um, I would say probably stand out is Queen Latifah, uh, because it is her his wife uh, okay is, so they're you know she she can really she can be good on screen. riff in a comedic way and yeah. so seeing her and Sandler go back and forth that that's good yeah you know uh, if anything you 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 even look at that short list of casts and that, that again it's it's what kind of Makes me feel this like early two thousands vibe to it, you know. Okay. Especially the the, the cast itself, you know. This, I think that makes sense. Movie I think it some... was a little bit of a time capsule for that, re- or That's trying to go yeah. For that. Yeah.
0: Very TBS on a Saturday morning or something like that. This Saturday would afternoon, be ripe for that. Yeah. A
1: good TV watch, absolutely. So uh overall anyone watches T V <laughs> Right, right. Uh overall I think this movie is safe. It's it's a very feel good uh sports movie, uh that I would say cracks into the upper half of the ratings, not for necessarily having anything critically wrong with it, but again the little bit of sprinkles it does to distinguish itself mm-hmm. from a truly feel-good movie with no substance. Again, this is rated R yeah. after all. There's something so. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's 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 not completely without soul. Uh, It's definitely not completely without a message as well. I would say for basketball fans, let me clock back the bias. I think this film will is is packed with players and professionals in the biz that can add a lot of enjoyment to it because you're not only seeing them in like a simple one off cameo, you're seeing them riff into that rated R dialogue is good. Exactly,
0: you're getting substance from the dialogue as well. Exactly from yeah,
1: and even when they like flash into like a sports center type of commentary Mm -hmm. with uh. you know, uh, Shaq or something like that. They already talk like that on those shows, so it feels very appropriate yeah. as well. So, uh, I think why I note that is, I think especially for the NBA element, there's probably going to be a lot more enjoyment for other people watching this. Uh, that was just not something I could appreciate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, kind of clocking back to our Moneyball review, where you know there was similar kind of cameos, and I, I said, "Oh, yeah, that's probably someone famous," but I, I wasn't really, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't really hidden for me. So, but we will go ahead and give Hustle a sixty on the dot. All right,
0: a sixty-eight. He cracks it. It, cra- it cracked into the good movie yeah, section yeah. there. It was something six... that
1: Elvis couldn't do. So, I think that right there. Oh, what did Elvis get? Fifty-nine. Fifty-nine. That's right. But yeah. Sonic got
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, sixties. It's always surreal when we put them right next to each other. <laughs> you hate it's it. it's you a hate
1: little a little odd.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Um, it cracked into that that good movie. I would say sixties yeah. are good. Seventies are very good. Yeah. Know? That's in the 80s. Go up from there. so. And,
1: and legitimately, if anything, let my hate of Adam Sandler illustrate that this passes
0: that. You know what I mean? It was an uphill battle and landed above 50. Yeah, right? and, and not only for the NBA fans, but if you're a Sandler fan you yes. like seeing Sandler out of classic like Happy Madison production mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Um, probably watch just to watch his little range. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Okay, so 64, Hustle. All right, so we're going to move on to wide release, big theaters. We have our main re- release that came out just this mm-hmm. past weekend. This is Minions, The Rise of Gru. And God help me. <laughs> I was hoping you would see it. You <laughs> yeah. did. This is Minions movie number f- four?
1: Uh, I believe five, because we get oh, three Jesus. Despicable Me's, one Minion, another Min. This is the second Minions, and then there's now uh, a fourth Despicable Me in production. I mean, this is... Uh, oh, my God. Well, okay. This is, uh, I would say... Uh, biggest Shrek You know Biggest Toy Story I mean They're know, big maybe, yeah, Not they're just huge. Biggest Toy Story But Shrek was a yeah, good one yeah.
0: And with the money They bring in too I would say Right up oh, there With Shrek yeah. as well Absolutely So Minions Rise of the Gru I mean Where do we even Start with this Well
1: like, uh, <laughs> I can start with saying I have not seen A single one of these films <laughs> Which Maybe not uh, the best But <laughs> Yeah yeah uh, And uh. Hopefully, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe by Despicable Me 4, we'll do the deep dive. Uh, but <laughs> Be interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I, I, I note this because uh, this film
0: franchise really is massive. It's okay. so much, it totally blew by me. Now, I mean, we're older too, sure. but mm-hmm. it's something I never had that much interest in.
1: Yeah, I mean, first to miss Despicable Me is 2010, I think, on the dot.
0: Wow, okay. And I mean, we're
1: talking about like a decade plus now of this franchise yeah. running. And, and if this is and, film
0: five. Oh, yeah. It's actually it's quite a lot. For a 12-year period, that's a lot mm-hmm. of content from there. Mm-hmm. A lot of content.
1: Um, I, I, I in part bring this up because so much of this, especially with kids' movies, I, I'm oddly excited to go to the theater mm-hmm. to kind of get the read on the room. Yeah. Uh, what do kids actually care about here? You know what yep, I mean? Yep, yep. Uh, and yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think it, what's illustrative is that the enjoyment in the audience was for the minions for gru uh, and i think the package that it was wrapped in was just they didn't care about it you know what i mean uh, and that's where mm. i say this is a decade plus wrong uh, uh, long running franchise you know, the attachment is to the characters specifically, not Big necessarily time. the fluff around it, and this film had a lot of fluff around it. Ah, okay. Um, for those totally unaware, Despicable Me and Minions are all centered around the evil genius Gru, played by Steve Carell, yep. and his Minions who are this, uh, I honestly don't know if they're aliens or not, uh, <laughs> this like yellow <laughs> gibberish uh, speaking morons, you know, they're right. like, kind of you know, an army of idiots, basically, is the whole thing. Um, this movie specifically, Rise of Gru, Uh, Has a hardcore love affair uh, around 70s, a 70s time period. And obviously, I guess, you know, it it matters too. He grew as a kid in this, so he's growing up in the 70s. Uh, But it, it, it inspires a lot of weird spins and a lot of that fluff that I was talking about that myself and the theater just simply did not care about. They wanted to see Minions. They wanted to see Gru. You know, they didn't care about anything else. And this, okay. this film just puts so much of the setting uh, into your face. You know, so much of the style into your and face. And
0: I wasn't, mm, and not enjoying it. Like like for, uh, for, like an overkill type thing. Uh, definitely overkill. Um, like it wasn't fun being back in the seventies. No, no, yeah, not
1: really. Okay. Um, uh, uh, probably most primarily this inspires the the, the soundtrack to the film. Um, you know, there there is a big big miss in that the soundtrack is not going to. What, why, let me let me not even speak in hypotheticals. Was not landing with the kids in the audience. Okay, believe me, I, I'm you know. I'm not going to be saying that I would say that this film is going to be more enjoyable with the typical Pharrell or pop soundtrack of modern day into right. it. But so many kids in the theater just were not responding to CCR songs, to disco songs. They just weren't, you know. What I mean,
0: was it a good break? Was that a good bridge for the adults though? Because like a kid I, movie like this is supposed to be. Something for the kids, but there's things there for the adults to right. enjoy.
1: And I think, I think that's where, for the second time two weeks in a row, I'm kind of scratching my head over demographics to it. A okay. little bit less than Lightyear, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. But maybe this was for the grandparents uh, sending their grand- grandkids into it, you know. Right. This also translates to a lot of just, like, weird jokes. Like, why are they in a kid's movie? There is... Um, uh, I mean, so many jokes are just callbacks to the decades. Uh, Pet rocks, Tupperware parties, uh, Evil Knievel, uh, The list goes on. I mean, like kids had no yeah. recollection. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially like Tupperware parties is a perfect example of that. Like, that's, that's funny. so yeah, like that, niche. Actually. Like, you know. So,
0: but that's my question. So, and it, but it wasn't done well because that's the one no. thing you watch some great pixar films and things like that or some mm-hmm. great dreamworks films and there's things there that the pa- it's, the movie is also good for parents mm-hmm. it's not just good for kids there's yeah. something they enjoy and this was just missing basically. Uh, yeah. it was trying to do things but it, it felt was grabby
1: for nostalgia for an audience that was not in the theater right you know okay. what i mean yeah. and again Short-case. i think maybe, you know i can't even say this is for parents because you know the parents taking their kids to these movies now, didn't mm-hmm. grow up in the 70s, you know, I mean, that's right. why it's, was right, it for right. the grandparents then? You know, I mean, it, th- that's where I was scratching my head, like, the 70s love affair, yeah, it was maybe cute, but, uh, I think it failed at it engaging hit. the kids, and you could, you could tell, I mean, the, the, the all walks of ages, in the kids, I mean, there was definitely even, like, you know, teenagers, yeah. and, they were there to see the characters they have grown up with and have nostalgia it's with true. for the last 10 years. It, yeah, it's true. And uh, a perfect example of this of where, you know, it just wasn't hitting with the 70s set piece and when jokes were around that seventy set piece but when it was hitting, when that gimmick was gone, there's a very simple uh, sequence where the minions kind of take, you know, they pose as as pilots and they take over a plane. And the theater was busting up. Yeah. Like, I, I looked around in, like, shock at how much they found this funny. Yeah. Uh, and this was after I watched Airplane this right. week. So I was like, hey, listen, you got something better Trust me, <laughs> But uh, you can tell that, the you know, they love these characters, <clears throat> but this film does not put the characters as much in the spotlight as you'd think, being called Minions Rise of Groot. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was no, like, for what? Sure. Again, I was just scratching my head. and, and uh, uh, Like I said last week with with Lightyear, if anything, I'm very grateful to be going into the theaters with this because I have these thoughts. They are either reinforced or countered by the actual kid reaction. Yeah, there's here.
0: something there and nice <laughs> cementing for yes. you. Not that you're going to look at the kid's reaction and say, okay, now my I'm my rating is going to be based off the kids mm-hmm. it's just that you see what's going on you like you can you have your own feelings about it and mm-hmm. just looking around and be like oh i'm not the only one okay, exactly yeah. i yeah. can
1: either clock it back or i can or it reinforces right exactly you know. yeah some pile uh, some positive here uh i would say visuals are really looking great uh again i always like to give love to animators but i think this Looks is a, crisp right? yeah the it's shots a, I've it's seen a in good clips. looking film yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i i, I won't Go over on the praise to it, but even just like the the simple, the simplest grass or or even just water, just looks fantastic. Does it? Yeah. Yes, and uh, it's, 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 what is it? Illumination, uh, which um, has a talent all over. We but we who's covered the Klaus. Bigger? Uh, yeah. not too long ago, which... Uh, but they're, like,
0: you know, that independent? Like, DreamWorks doesn't own part of them? Or? I, I
1: think it's Universal is the big parent there, but... So uh, NBC, so it would be Yeah, but, but Comcast, I, again, after but 10 years, I mean, Illumination is its own brand because it it's with me, you know? It's, you know, it yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, mean yeah. anything else, so... <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, maybe... Despicable Me Four runs rolls around. God help me! I do a deep dive on an episode. Maybe I sure. can speak a little bit more confidently to the progression of the animation and the care put in there. Uh, but I, I, I definitely definitely was a plus for me. Um, action sequences as well have a great rhythm to it. Um, I, I feel like action sequences in animated films uh, it, we're we're at a golden age again. You know, I mean, so much big inspiration time. from big time. Anime and uh you know, I mean it, just, just, just such interesting angles to it. I, I love the you know the the cinematography, if you will, within the animation. Yeah. It's great. The, um, the
0: variety of style we have now yeah. from from a Klaus, from mm-hmm. the bad guys, which you reviewed yeah, recently, absolutely. To, yeah.
1: Bad guys is a perfect example where the action sequences were such a highlight for me because it's like, wow, it's like
0: Man, it's something to look at. Yeah, like it's something yeah. to to enjoy to set your eyes on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, above all, uh, there was good pacing. Before I knew it, the film was over.
1: <laughs> so I, was, I it's was an hour and twenty seven. I was real happy. I was like, "Wow, okay, I'm out." <laughs> uh,
0: which I think is just um, that just, is actually as far as just movie making for a film like this, mm-hmm. an hour twenty seven, snappy, mm-hmm. quick. That's good absolutely
1: and you can say maybe that's throwaway praise but uh, that was one of the main things bringing down Lightyear last week Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean really the total opposite of Lightyear so I think though I'm not in love with either of these films by any extent we have a a good bit of progression week to yeah. week that you can see in these two films. If folks at home, you decide to watch both of these or maybe, you know, you're forced to with your kids, <laughs> uh, um, you can see that in, in the foundation of this film, this is a fundamentally better film, yeah. you know, for how it's structured and how it engages. Absolutely, so. yeah. Uh, now, for me as an adult, I never really liked Corell's groove voice here. Uh, I kind of find it annoying. Annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, I mean, you know. It's what uh, the character is at this point. Exactly. Yeah. And, and this character has you know, kids have grown up with them. I mean, this character Truly. grew and You Minions. think about 12 years. I mean, this yeah. is like, for
0: us, this is Sponge the Spongebob,
1: I would say, that, you know.
0: The first Toy Story 2, it's say, Toy Story 3. Yeah, Something absolutely. like that. That stretch, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, there is some serious nostalgia here uh, for that. And you could see the theater respond. There was energy coming into it. That energy dissipated for how 70s the affair was. Right. But as soon as Grew came on, or as soon as Minions were talking gibberish, I right. mean, to there was th- a up giddiness. To their antics, yeah. yeah, there was a real giddiness to the theater. So I don't think it connected too much with the style and the setting of it, but. I mean, kids of all group of ages, uh, I mean, I'm not even just talking like little kitties, like, you know, young teenagers and whatnot, mm-hmm. they came out to see this film, and you could feel that energy around these characters of Minion and Gru. Uh, you know, I, I think I think where I land with this entry is a little tough, because I think this entry is a miss, but I do think it is a good sign for the franchise as a whole, and maybe for, you know, again, it continuing to a sixth film with Despicable <laughs> Me 4. So Crazy. Yeah, maybe a slight silver lining when that deep dive comes along for Despicable dip- <laughs> <laughs> Me 4. Uh, God help me, we are going to give Minions, The Rise of Gru, a 43. Ooh, 43? Nope. A, a little south, a little south.
0: I was absolutely expecting... Higher. Uh, but, well above fifty, I thought I think, just I think cause it's, it's prefor- just because it's- prefor- its function as a film is is. And it hits enough on the comedy, that's where I was, I was. Sh- sh- that's, sh- it's not, that's I, not that far off from Lightyear.
1: I, yeah, it's true, it's true, but let me not under- understate how much of a 70s affair this is. Yeah. I mean, wow. it's, it's near, con- I would say the, the jokes, I mean, if you look at just a tally count of the jokes, mm-hmm. there are more 70s jokes than there are Minions jokes in the Minions movie. Ooh, you know yeah, what I mean? that's not good. So I, I think, again, the, the fundamentals of the characters are there, it's certainly there for the kids uh, that are consuming this as yeah. well, that the characters are why they're coming in. Uh, or why they're being brought there uh, it's just that the package is wrong for it so.
0: and I think it, it's funny just me not knowing any of them or really watching <clears throat> the 10,000 foot view from it mm-hmm. it makes sense where it's just like okay you have three main properties and mm-hmm. now you're making other this is the second one of the second property yeah, of yeah. this it makes sense spin off like, of a spin off you know? Right. Yeah. what are we scratching at here how, exactly. can, how can we keep it going and it kind of makes sense that you're in a 43
1: yeah so but if anything you know the again I can't uh, can't stress enough that the core of minions and gru being a the, the core characters the roles in this franchise i mean maybe that is the silver lining for when eventually, uh, in in the goal of watching every movie ever, <laughs> watching <laughs> right. those earlier movies, that may really well work for me. Uh, I don't know, though. So,
0: All right, Vin. So, no, that's 43 for Minions, The Rise of Gru. Uh, Vin, looking at this kind of – I love the array. that I do really like the array that we have of movies. Whiplash. Um, yeah. Do we have – do you have anything more to add? Do you want to roll credits here? No,
1: we're rolling credits. That's it.
0: Okay, well, again, folks, uh, we're just going to run this through one more time. We have the Outlaw of Josie Wales with a sixty-four airplane with an eighty-two percent spider head with a forty-six hustle with a sixty and Minions: The Rise of Gru with a forty-three percent. Folks, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, if you would, give us a good rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth the watch or just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by the dailyratings.com where we have our ever expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on the dailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us. You'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode too. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.